Hello team, welcome to the Strong, Healthy, Happy podcast. The podcast that teaches you how to build a strong, healthy, happy body with an anti-diet culture and mental health approach. I'm Liz Campbell, owner and trainer at M12 Fitness. Let's get on with today's episode so you can start building a strong, healthy, happy body. You may have heard the term intuitive eating before. You may know what it is, or you may have no idea. So hopefully this podcast is going to answer that question today for you. Katie Keller from the Nutrition Room here in Calgary is with me today to talk all about intuitive eating. Hi, Katie. Hi, Liz. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. So before we get into actually talking about intuitive eating, I want you to tell me a bit about the nutrition room. In the past, your partner, Jen, had been on with me to talk about diabetes. But for anyone who hasn't heard that episode, give us a little bit of background into the nutrition room. What do you do? What are you two all about? Basically, the nutrition room is a dietitian run private practice. So I run it um, with my partner, Jen, who you know already. Um, but what we advocate for is food freedom for everyone, absolutely everyone. Um, and we use the principles of intuitive eating to help people reach health goals and basically just live their best life without any rules or restrictions. Um, and so we incorporate a health at every size approach, which just means that we don't use body weight, body shape, anything appearance related as an indicator of health. Um, instead, we focus on behaviors or other indicators of progress that don't include weight or appearance. And so we work with people who want to heal their relationship with food. Uh, but I, what I think sets us apart from a lot of other practices is that we use intuitive eating and healing the relationship with food with people who also may have specific health-related goals um, that they want to work on sim simultaneously. So for example, if someone has cancer or if they have diabetes, as you know, Jen works with a lot, um, we, can, we can work on both of those at the same time. So I guess basically what we do is we just empower people to achieve their unique goals using a non-weight-centric anti-diet approach so that they can live a full life in a satisfying way that is sustainable. And this is why our businesses get along so well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We have the same morals. We have, we have the same, the same vision. We have the same mindset when it comes to health, which I, one of the many reasons why we love you so much. Oh, well, thank you. So kind of getting into, I know you said one of your main goals is to get people doing the intuitive eating thing. So let's talk about this. What exactly is intuitive eating? I don't know if it's something that, you know, it used to be not even that long ago that I feel like most people would be like, oh, intuitive eating. I've never heard of that. I think it's getting a little bit more traction, which is awesome, but it's basically a concept and it was created by two dietitians, um, Evelyn Tribbley and Elise Resch. And I, I think it's just, the concept is about, they, they started creating it about 30 years ago now, or almost 30 years ago, which is kind of crazy to think about, um, but they, they created it because initially they were helping people with weight loss, their weight loss goals. And, um, they, you know, they'd work with people, they'd, they'd give them some tips, give them some tricks, all the, the dietitian guidance, and these people would be successful. And so they'd sign off on them, send them on their merry way and say, you know, amazing, you reached your goals. See you later. Now live your life this way. And then what they found was these people after, you know, a certain amount of time, they would come back to them and they would have regained all the weight that they had lost and oh. a little bit more. Mm -hmm. 
and they needed help again. They, they needed someone to, to hold them accountable, basically um, hold their hand, guide them through it, or they couldn't do it. Um, and so what they realized was that just merely teaching someone to lose weight using external influences um, and rules, it's not sustainable. And it actually ends up being damaging to your both your physical and your mental health in the long term. Um, so what they learned was that, you know, we're all born with an innate ability to eat in ways that are optimal for our mental and physical health. And that's basically what intuitive eating is. It's a concept of trusting your inner body's wisdom to make choices around food that feel good for you, both physically and mentally without judgment and without any external influence. Um, and so it focuses on, you know, internal cues over external diet rules. I think essentially it just helps you build a stronger, more positive relationship with food. Um, and it allows you to, you know, to let go of any rigidity around food and give yourself unconditional permission to eat in the way that feels right to you. So how do you kind of get someone on that track then? How does someone get to the point of being able to eat intuitively? You have to want to be there first, I think, is the most important thing. So I can sit here and tell people how much they need intuitive eating and how it really is the secret to to what it is that they're looking for every single failed diet approach in the past that they've, that they've tried and then gone back to, and then tried and gone back to, this is the solution to it. You can't really convince someone to do it. They have to, they have to be fed up. They have to have had it to hear with, you know, that yo-yo diet cycle and the weight cycling and the frustration and the confusion, um, and just be ready for it basically. But it's more complicated, I think, than most people think. It, it seems like such a straightforward concept, right? Oh, I just listen to what my body wants and, and I respond to that and that's it. Simple as that. But it, it actually is a little bit more in depth than that. So usually starting to work on it, it's great to start to do independent work. And I always encourage that, but I think it's always helpful to have, you know, someone to help guide you because it's a lot of deep diving into your thoughts and your feelings and your emotions and your habits around food. And it can be hard to, to sort of navigate that on your own. So really it's, you know, it's a big journey of self-discovery, I suppose, and learning to connect with the needs of your body and your mind in order to make you the expert of hung, like your hunger and your body and what it needs. And so working through it, it there's no strict rules or, or guidelines or anything, but it's based on 10 principles. Okay. Um, and I always tell people that intuitive eating is, it's interceptive, it's self-guided. So there's no one place that you have to start and there's no one place that you have to end. Um you know, if you're looking up these principles and you're like, okay, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It could really start at any of them and end at any of them, depending on where you are as an individual. Um, but it's really important to to work through each of the principles so that you get to know them on a personal level. Um, each of the principles helps you work through, I, I guess, different things, and it could be. Um, you know, getting in tune with your body so you can learn to recognize and respond to like when it's hungry and when it's full, and then you can respond to that in a way that's satisfying and comfortable for you. Mm -hmm. um, it can help you recognize and let go of any, you know, morality or emotion that you might link to food, just leaving all foods emotionally and morally neutral. Um, that's truly what gives you unconditional permission to eat. Um, 
It helps you recognize when and why emotional eating happens. And it, it helps you build tools so that, you know, when you are noticing those emotions come up and you're wanting to cope with food, you have sort of a, a box that you can reach to so that you can help cope with that. And it helps you respect your body basically so that you can move in ways that feel good, which you're very familiar with. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It helps you use nutrition in a gentle and loving and enjoyable and nurturing way rather than really rigid and restrictive and severe. Mm-hmm. But basically, you know, you reach the point of being an intuitive eater when you say, okay, this is what it looks like for me to be an intuitive eater when you're eating in a way that's free of any external influences. So yeah, there's no rules. There's just principles. There's just guidelines that you work through at your own pace, which is just such a freeing thing in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of want to go back to um, one part where you were talking about the people who went to this dietitian, they lost all the weight and then they gained it all back. So Anyone who has a fitness goal, whether that's gaining muscle, losing body fat, whatever, can someone still reach whatever goal they have by eating intuitively? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Contrary to a very popular misconception, intuitive eating is not just eat whatever you want, whenever you want, in however much you know you want. And let's have no regard to health or goals or or anything like that. It's absolutely not that way. Um, It definitely incorporates nutrition and you can use the parts of nutrition to meet specific health goals or to um, cope with a specific health condition, for example. Um, It just merely uses nutrition in a gentle way, in a non-judgmental way, in a non-weight centric, non external influence, like physical appearance way, which is ultimately in my, in my opinion, the way that you can eat to achieve your goals in a sustainable way, right? When most people I find are using just the number on the scale or just the way that they're looking when they look in the mirror as markers of progress. Sure. You might get there, but can you maintain that? Because what are all the things that you had to do to get there? They, they might not feel good to you. They might not be things that are right for you, either mentally or physically. And so actually, one thing that I find really hard for a lot of people who either start the intuitive eating process, or maybe it's a barrier for them to even get started with it, is detaching yourself from the thin ideal, detaching yourself from weight as an indicator of progress or success or happiness. Um, And so usually when I'm working with someone who say has fitness goals or, you know, they, they want to, they're working out with Liz because they want to be stronger or they want to run longer, do that half marathon. It's so easy for society now, the way our diet culture is to tell us, well, if you reach this weight, that's when you'll get there. But really what you need to get there is to fuel your body in the way that makes you feel good. So you can continue to work to achieve those fitness goals or those health related goals. Mm -hmm. And that's the way that you can kind of keep it up. So if you want to become an intuitive eater, it doesn't mean abandon any, any fitness goals, any health goals, all it might mean for some people, depending on where you are in the intuitive eating process is put that on pause for a second so we can work on some of these things and we will incorporate that or circle back to it as you feel it's appropriate for your journey. 
Oh, I love that. Who is a really good candidate that could benefit from intuitive eating? I think everyone, honestly, Liz. (laughs) (laughs) All of us. Yeah, all of us. I think we all should. Um, Honestly, it's it's the people who are ready. I I think that's the biggest thing. It's it's the people who have suffered and are exhausted from you know disordered eating patterns. And when I say that, it could be people who have had formally diagnosed eating disorders in the past, but it could also mean people who just have disordered eating patterns, like who restrict severe restrictions, or they don't even have to be that severe, but people who are just mentally at that place where they're like, I have no idea what the answer is. And I'm so unhappy. Um, I don't know what else to do. Those are the people that are like, they're ready. They, they want to find the answer and they want to find something sustainable and they're exhausted from diet culture. Mm -hmm. The people who are just fed up and they're ready to change. Exactly. So what are some signs, say someone starts their intuitive eating journey or whatever we like to call it. What are some signs that show that we are actually succeeding in eating intuitively? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, And it's, it's a little bit hard to, to answer only because intuitive eating is individual to the person. So what one person's intuitive eating looks like will most likely be different than the next person's. It might look different. Um, and, and so basically you are an intuitive eater when you say, I've got this, this is me eating intuitively. Um, but a few things that you can watch for to, you know, if you're on the journey and you're like, okay, I think I'm on the right track because I'm seeing these things. Um, or you're, maybe you're reaching the end and you're like, I'm not really sure. Am I there yet? Um, it, it could look like no longer having a preoccupation with food, um, or following certain food rules or food schedules, um, not trying to change your eating patterns, um, or make choices around food in an effort to change your body or manipulate, manipulate your body in any way. It could be no longer restricting yourself from specific foods or big groups of foods. And you're able to include a variety of foods on a regular basis, unlinking the morality to food. So this might look like for some people, you know, you, you no longer refer to foods as bad foods, junk foods, treat foods, cheat foods, cheat meals. unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. hate that term cheat meal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just so rooted in diet culture and food really has no moral value and we should only call it what it literally is. So if you're able to do that, that's a really good sign um, that, you know, you, you are either eating intuitively or well on the way. It could be no longer thinking of your eating patterns um, or your way of eating as, as finite or having an endpoint. You know, when you start a diet, usually most people have, well, you know, when I reach this point, when I, when I'm this weight, then I'll be able to stop all this restriction and I can have what I want, or I'll just do this until that wedding in July. And then when I'm at the wedding, I'll have all the foods and it'll be all good. So no longer actually having those time, those mental timelines. Mm -hmm. Um, Or, you know, it could, it could also be no more shame, no more guilt in any amount around any kind of, of eating. Even if you're eating past the point of physical fullness, you're able to just observe that, not have any kind of negative emotion towards it and move on. This kind of leads into my next question, but I'm assuming it's just kind of the, like the flip side to kind of what you just said, like, what are some signs to watch for? Like if someone has been 
eating intuitively, but they're almost kind of falling off the wagon. Falling off the wagon is actually a term that is quite rooted in diet culture. Um, And so, yeah. And so, yeah, there's all these little things, diet culture sneaks in. It's, it's a sneaky little thing. And so it can be hard to catch, but if you're thinking that way, honestly, if that's your thinking, I'm falling off the wagon of intuitive eating, that's a good sign that I would say, maybe you're not quite there yet. And we need to circle back to some of the principles and dive a little deeper and see why these thoughts or these feelings are coming up for you. Because that's the beauty of intuitive eating. There's no falling off the wagon. You know, it's not a diet plan. There's no absolute that you can pass fail or just totally blow it. The only person who is the expert of you is you. And you're the only one who knows what you're feeling and what you're thinking. And so there's no standard set. So intuitive eating teaches you that it's okay to eat all foods in all forms in all situations. So if you're not even creating a wagon, there's nothing to, there's nothing really to fall off of. Uh, yes, that makes sense. So these principles about intuitive eating, is this something that like, can people like Google these? Are these like commonly found or do you, do you and Jen have like a source that you two like to use when it comes to these principles? Like how available are these uh, principles to the public? Yeah, no, fully available. Um, Honestly, if you just Google principles of intuitive eating, you will see the 10 pop up. It will start with like rejecting diet mentality, honoring your hunger, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And so these really are the principles that Evelyn Tribbley and Elise Resch um, created as a, as a guideline, a roadmap through the, the intuitive eating journey. Um, and so they actually have a book, Intuitive Eating, um, and they have a, a workbook as well. And so if people are interested, you know, they're, they're not quite sure what intuitive eating is, don't quite know if it's for them yet, if they're wanting to take that on or, or start that process. Um, they're not sure they want to hire someone to help guide them through that. I always encourage people, even if you do have someone that's helping to guide you, but starting there and trying to read the book um, mm-hmm. and work through the, the independent workbook on your own. It's a really, really great place to start that can sort of catalyze some deeper thought and that deeper work. And most often what happens is people do that and then they they end up reaching out to someone who who is specialized in intuitive eating for a little bit more help, but, um, absolutely. It's a great resource for, for getting started. You can order it on Amazon. Awesome. All right. And so I have one little fun question for you before we, uh, before I ask you where we can find you online as well, but one question, just, just obviously because, uh, like you're a dietitian, I'm really curious, what's the most out there diet you have ever heard of? Oh man. That's a great question. Liz. Yes, there's a ton <laughs> that are just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, um, I'm thinking of two. So one would have to be the raw carnivore diet. Oh, have you heard of it? No, I, I'm assuming you just eat raw meat. Pretty much. Yeah. Raw meat, raw eggs. Um, I've never actually encountered someone who's, who's been doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, I've only seen it online. Um, it is the most unappetizing (laughs) diet I have ever witnessed or heard of. And I, I don't know how people can follow it. Um, yeah, I, I, I just asked if you if you had heard of it because it seems like it's a lot of people in the fitness industry who kind of try to do it. Um, seems very unsafe to me. <laughs> it sounds like it would be very kind of almost along the same lines as keto. 
like just that really high lots of meat, like that sort of thing? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about what keto actually is. Oh, but I definitely. Think, yes. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people think it, keto is just a lot of meat kind of thing. And so it's similar to that where it's like, you know, raw duck breasts and raw eggs just in a cup. And oh, it's oh just my God. You know, ew. <laughs> just in my opinion, like stripping your life of any kind of enjoyment. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so there's that one. And then another unfortunate situation, which I actually did see was I've seen it a couple of times. So it's a vegan keto diet, which for me is just so heartbreaking because um, it's so restrictive that you're left with very little to eat. And it's often, I've seen people do it who are in, um, specific, I guess, severe health situations and they're just, they're scared and they're desperate and they've had people recommend this to them as curative. And it really is just a heartbreaking thing for me to see. Oh gosh. Yeah. No, I've never heard of that one, but yeah, if, <laughs> Keto can be restrictive to begin with. And then you take out all of the meat, eggs, those sorts of things, dairy products that you can have. Yeah. Wow. That's you're left yeah. with very, very few options. So yeah. <laughs> mm, those are very, very intense. All right. Everyone, start eating intuitively. Listen to Katie. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So where can we find the nutrition room both online and on social media? Yeah. So our website is thenutritionroom.com. Um, and we have our Instagram page, which is the underscore nutrition room. Um, come check us out. We'd love to hear from you. Even if you just have a question, um, throw us a, um, you know, a little contact or a DM. We'd be happy to have a chat. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Katie. This was really great. Thanks so much for having me, Liz. That's our episode. Thanks so much for your time, team. I always appreciate you being here. If you enjoyed today's episode, I invite you to like, share, subscribe, and I would truly appreciate a review if you feel so inclined to leave one. Check out what M12 Fitness is all about and what we offer at m12fitness.com. That's m12fitness.com. And find us on Facebook and Instagram at m12fitnessliz. Thanks again so much for being part of the team, and I'll be back with more soon.